Welcome back, everybody. Seven days a week. Tazname, did you bring your mop and your bucket? Keep it right in my purse. It's a purse size mop. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, warning, parents, welcome back to another episode of Truth Be Told. In this episode, you hear us now saying, warning, warning, Will Robinson, warning. The content of this episode is for mature audiences only. Mm-hmm. Parents, if you have little ears in the room, we ask that they get out right. now. Yep, send them out for a snack. Just for a little bit. All right, Tazneem, here we are. Part two of our last episode. When the last time we were together, we were talking about what it means to be a good girl. Yeah, We went from savage, and here we are now with WAP. We are. We kind of toying between what we can say and what we can't say, right? That's right, because we're not talking about WAP the dance from the, the 90s. Oh, whoa, no, no. We're not talking about doing the WAP. No, we're not. We're talking about... Having um, a WAP. Having a WAP. So it's an acronym. It is, has name. It okay. stands for wet, fill in the blank, beep. parents. Beep, beep. Yes. Wet, beep, beep. Mm-hmm. All right. We all know what it means. It stands for moist vaginas. Thank you for the vivid sexual metaphor, Daphne. We appreciate that. So we want to go straight into this conversation today. We last left off talking about what it means to be a good girl. And that was everything from how we were seen, what we were told, um, the clothes that we wore, how loud our voices were. And now we have entered into this realm of let's bring some sexuality into it. Yes, because isn't that a part of womanhood? It right? is a part of womanhood. Mm-hmm. It is a part of womanhood. Humanity. It is, is it humanity. not a part of humanity? That's right. And so when we think about the idea of humanity, that gives us space to, it's not just confined to women or men or, you know, there's this idea, it, sexuality is fluid, right? Yeah. All right. And, and gender's a spectrum, right? That's right. We embrace all of that and acknowledge it. Right. So why don't you kick us off with a quote I think you found? You know, in the past episodes, we've we've had Tony in this space, we brought Tony and we brought Brother James in this space. Mm. Who we bring in today? We're going to bring in Bell Hooks. And I like this quote because a lot of times we think about ourselves as sexual beings as a result of how other people see us. So your attraction to me makes me feel that I am now a sexual being. When in fact, Bell Hooks says, no, you don't need to have anyone looking at you. It actually has nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with your gaze. So she says, and this is in Feminism is for Everybody, Passionate Politics. And yes, it is in the NPL collection. Women will only be truly sexually liberated when we arrive at a place where we can see ourselves as having sexual value and agency, irrespective of whether or not we are the objects of male desire. Whether or not. Whether or not. Mm. So break that quote down for us a little bit, Tazneen. I come at this as a person who identifies with the woman experience, a female experience. I also come at it as a mother of girls who are becoming women. This idea of sexual value not being something shameful because the conversation about good girls and hot girls and fast girls, there's a whole bunch of shame and guilt embedded in all those conversations. What's the right side of this conversation to be on? I want to be good. Don't we all want to be good? Right? And so a lot of times female sexuality is not seen as good. It's seen as, well, savage. Savage, yeah. Nasty. Dirty. Yeah. Yeah. And so what she's saying, first of all, I think she is doing the beautiful job that 
that people do when they take words and allow us to see ourselves in them and expand the definition. Sexual value, that's upliftment. There's worth here. And that worth has nothing to do with someone else's gaze. Nothing. Nor does it have anything to do with the amount of sexual activity. No. It has nothing to do with the amount of sexual interest. Nope. It Mm -hmm. has to do with how you see yourself. That we are it already. You don't got to go out and get it. Right. It's It's already there. You don't have to wear a bikini and become sexual or sexualized or sexy. You don't have to have on certain kind of earrings or red lipstick. None of that. So then that crushes that notion of what those big hoop earrings did that we were told or that mini skirt or or the showing of our navel. Because if it's not about any of those, then it's about something that is in me because it is human for me to be a sexual being. Right. And therefore innately beautiful and worthy. Worthy. Was born with it. Yeah. I was born with it. Yeah. Yeah. This, so, this nasty music didn't bring it to me. No, nasty. And this nasty music, right, this this type of music, everybody is in an uproar with the WAP, right? Because wow, everybody wow, wow. is so scared to talk about it. I, I'm, my, well, my, some people are because some of us have it yeah. on their playlist and dance to it every night. Every night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my nephew heard me play it and he was like, I can't believe you like that. Why do you like that? And he's a young man. And I just looked at him and I hit a move real quick for him. I was like, really? Wow. And I did a move right there for him. And so I digress. But this idea of sexuality and when the question I have for you, Taz, name is in how have you transformed? Like, so all of the experiences that you had growing up and what you saw yourself as and good girls, right? So for me, I made this list of good girls. So for me, a good girl. She's not loud. She gets her lesson. She is seen. She doesn't show her body. She saves herself. She doesn't curse, nor does she question. So if you think about those are the things that I may have been told growing up or heard, those were the labels. And so out of those being she's not loud, she gets her lesson, she doesn't show her body. She saves herself. She doesn't curse and she doesn't question. When did you transform into being the sexual being that you are today? Wow. And being able to own like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion is saying, they're owning it. They are and they are challenging it. all of us to do the same thing. When did it happen for hmm. you? This is big talk because it is happening for me. Okay. In my 40s. I think growing up, there was so much emphasis placed on spiritual and intellectual development. The idea of a sexual identity was like last on the list, probably. Mm -hmm. I remember a conversation about birds and the bees. So we got how babies are made. I don't remember deep conversations about pleasure. And I think that's what these songs are about. At least that's how I interpret them. It's about this body is made to have joy. It's made to be touched. It's made to touch other people. It's made with all these nerve endings that sing and quiver and shiver. To feel. To experience. It was in the package you were born in. You don't have to go out and get it, right? And so that conversation wasn't a part of my upbringing and I've talked to my mother about it and she's like it definitely wasn't part of her upbringing so you talk about things that we pass on and we parent the way we were parented sometimes 
giving praise to the fact that these conversations help us think about how do we elevate our parenting and how do we elevate even our conversations we're having with ourselves about being in a body that is meant to experience pleasure that was made, constructed, crafted to experience pleasure. How about that, right? Not just to think big thoughts and read books and write books and to speak all the function around the body, but there's also this, the body as a receptor and as a giver of pleasure, new conversation. And I'm a person who was once married for 19 years. So that's the other part, that pleasure is quietly kept within the marital home. Some people are going to cringe when they hear this, Tasneem. I, I, I and, get it. and I get it. But it's truth be told. This is truth be told. Right? And so you asked me about my truth. So my transformation is I'm still transforming. I plan to always transform. I hope to be like a 98-year-old great-grandmother mm-hmm. talking to her great-great-grandchildren and saying... With your navel hanging out? I don't know about the navel part. But I won't scoff if theirs catches air. I won't think, <laughs> aren't you going to pull that shirt down, baby? I, I plan to not be that great great grandmother. I plan to you say, don't. "You look cute. Where are okay. you going?" Because <laughs> that's the transformation. I don't necessarily know that you should be at the Aldi with a crop top on. I just at ninety eight. At ninety eight. Mm. So, but I, I do want to support younger women who will then maybe one day impress other younger women, and then generationally we will evolve to say, "I was born in a body that is meant to give and receive pleasure." What does that pleasure look like? That could be my choice. Who gives and receives it? My choice. But am I supposed to be boxed in this skin, this flesh, and pretend like it doesn't have feeling? I don't believe that that's true. So for me, the transformation is in looking at myself not just as a theorist or a person who likes philosophy, or you hear me talk about this all the time, sort of stuck in this, you know, what do the books say? Let's read about it. And then you say, what do you feel, though? And that's different. That's like I'm asking my skin what it feels. And so it's also legitimizing it, these these experiences that come from the flesh. um, And it also, I think, makes it divine. Right. It says that this is a gift. Isn't it interesting, Andre, that we know this when it comes to babies? We do. We know that a baby will fail to thrive if you don't want it. Touch. We know this. Correct. Somewhere along the lines, a message gets dropped. And so even your body's natural response to arousal, ideas, interests, seduction. And if that has to do with lubrication and WAP, we go, ooh, well, that's indecent. That's That's nasty. nasty. Right? Right. But what we know when we rub an infant's back, we know about, you know, all the central aspects of parenting that we believe creates, that is life-giving for babies. Right. What happens when we become adults, when we become women, when we become men, it, when it, we, whatever our, our labels are, as we get older, why do we lose touch of the value of touch? It happens before we become adults. You and I, we talked about it in our last episode. It happens somewhere when we are in places, and maybe it's young adulthood, maybe it's preteen that our focus then is to please society. We want to get the good grades. We want to please our parents. Yeah. It's all outward at that time. And then, then it's internal and this intrinsic, you know, there's some of us who are go-getters. And it happens before we are adults. Mm. And that transformation, we forget about what it means to a newborn baby. And then somehow, and that is Western thinking. Sure. 
And, you know, I know that's for another day. We don't, please don't get me on my soapbox. But it's a part of it. It's a part of it. But it is a part of it. My life exists to please you. Doctrine is a part of it. Western culture is a part of it. Because the idea of just saying the word feelings becomes something worldly. Mm. And that worldly in certain conventions Mm -hmm. is a negative. Mm -hmm. And the word feelings is a negative. Mm And not perceived as something that's positive. Again, for another day. And natural. And natural. Because Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B, in their genius, and all the other people who worked on the song and the video and all that, I know it's a team of folks who always create um, great masterpieces. I'm going to call it a masterpiece because for my daughters, who I think have memorized probably all of the song, um, and I don't scoff at that. They're not alone. They've memorized (laughs) the song. I feel like it's saying, wow. This is what the body was made to do. Yeah. Now, you can talk about audience and timing and all that might be for another segment. It is. But if we break it down into this idea of this is what the body was meant to do. Right. And and to experience. Yeah. Yeah. And this whole segment, these past two segments, episodes has been about women. However you identify. Femininity. However you identify that. Whatever your gender, your label, your sexuality, your identifier that you give yourself, however you identify that, who gets to define it? And if it has been defined for us by a certain way, how long do we have to keep living in that box? Right. And so I asked you, when did it transform and shift? And you said in your 40s. I said I'm shifting. You're shifting. You're transforming. Mm -hmm. You are feeling and becoming and living and breathing and loving. Yeah. I'm right there. Do you know growing up for me, if you said, if someone said, ooh, Tasneem is sexy, it was as though you called me like, I don't know, a dragon or something. Jezebel? Sex. There's this whole theory of how black women, I mean, okay, now that is my scholar side of me that really wants to have this conversation about the term Jezebel and the word sexy mm-hmm. and what it has meant for us as women of color. I've reclaimed it recently. Yeah. I had a conversation with my mother who breaks things down often, which meant she had had a conversation with herself. About this idea of who we are as sexual beings. And so she said, Tasneem, I invite you to think of the word sexy differently, not as a threat that you are sexy. Therefore, someone wants to assault you, that that all they will see about you is a vagina. Instead, she said, sexy is the alluring way that we walk and we speak and the way our hands might move. It might be the, the way your neck smells or yeah. the way you cook your food. That sexy can be synonymous with you're beautiful. Sexy your can eye be catching. Yeah. You caught my eye. Yeah. And not because I want to harm you, but no. because I was drawn to you. It can be synonymous with attraction and attractiveness. Could it be synonymous with scholarship? It can. Right? We, so we have this. Well, she wrote that book. That's sexy. Yeah. Right? right? And so the same way we're taking language in the, our last segment, savage, we're going to take a word that means fierce and it means untamed and wild and say, ooh, put some shine on it. She bad. Mm-hmm. She fierce. She wild. Same thing with sexy. And so expanding it beyond this idea of a predator sees a sexy woman dressed in a certain way and then this predator comes and attacks her. Yeah. So don't be sexy. You don't want to be attacked, right? Mm-mm. That's small thinking. New thinking says, maybe it's not new, just it's new to me. Transformational thinking. Trans- transformative thinking says, sexy, it is what we are. 
It's the shine on the apple. It's the lilt in your voice. You know, it's a Maya Angelou poem. It's your scholarship. It's your jokes. It, it could be your quiet, right? It could be your music. It could be all that. It's self-defined. It and is. so we don't have to define ourselves in an effort to keep out of harm's way. And a lot of that, a lot of the ways that we see our womanhood is because we're imagining threats. So everything is about, okay, who's safe? Where am I not safe? Mm-hmm. But sexuality doesn't have to be this thing that's constantly defended. It is personally celebrated. And that's what liberation is. Liber- I was just thinking of, okay, there we go with the twin brains yeah. again. So the idea of liberation, right? And so we've talked about racism and supremacy and in and, and, and our work. And we both, you know, occupy time and space and work in the Civil Rights Center. And we've opened new spaces in our area and to highlight women, right? And the role that women played a hundred years ago. Is there space for this conversation? Yes. And when young people come into our spaces, when young people walk into this public library, high school class from KIPP that came and visited, and we ask them, what is the next civil rights issue? What is the next issue? What are you willing to die for? And when young people, fifth graders are saying that they're willing to die for this, this and this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with identity. Definitely. And who gets to define that? Mm-hmm. Who do I get to act? love? Who do I get to love? Who do I get to be? And how do I get to prosper? How do I get to take flight mm. in all those places and yeah. doing that? Right. So this is our work. This, this is, is our what work. We do, right? yeah. It's the idea of transforming and shaping and giving space mm-hmm. for a new way to see something. I love it. We always ask that question. You always prompt yeah. me to say, Andrea, is there another way to see this? Is there another way to see it? When did yeah. you begin to see yourself differently? Oh, my gosh, Tazneem. I am on this journey of seeing myself differently. Sojourners. I, it is sojourners, right, who are seeking what? The truth. The truth. Yeah. And so I'm naturally always going to go to some classroom experience. It's just second nature to me for either on this side of the desk or on the opposite side of the desk. And I think wanting to create um, a syllabus that looked at hip-hop as revolution and as liberation, but only wanting to use women artists and female and women and gender-neutral artists, right? And looking at how hip-hop can be liberating. And asking myself, no one had a problem when male hip-hop artists talked about sex no one cared no you didn't have congressmen and representatives going on television trying to ban that music it was just called gangster rap sure it was expected and then it became the great thing that in suburban white america fell in love with it does anybody police male pleasure no one polices and so this is the premise of me wanting to create this syllabus right is who polices male pleasure hmm and the use of hip-hop in doing that and so then I started toying around with this idea of what it really meant, going back, analyzing words and looking at all these sexual metaphors and, and that all these hip hop artists. And this has been a while ago. And then and now we have pop. And I am just ready to teach that next class, because for me personally, realizing that what it means to be a liberated sexual being yeah has nothing to do with sexual activity. Wow. It has nothing to do, as you said, with the gays who's oh. looking at me. It has nothing to do about who want me or what's appropriate, what's good, what's not good. Yeah. Doesn't make me a bad mom that I can both quote Tupac and Tony in okay. the same line? Ooh. Doesn't make me a bad sister if I can both quote Bell Hooks 
Lil Kim, mm. Lil Wayne, okay. Nas, yes. Maze, mm-hmm. and Shakespeare. Yes. All within five minutes of each wow. other. Wow. Right? And mm-hmm. so the idea of I can be all of those mm-hmm. things. You can hold all those truths. I hold all those truths and I can hold all those spaces. And those spaces, me holding and taking up those spaces has been liberating for me. And so for me, that's when it all started. I love it. I'd like our listeners to answer this question. I love this question. I love anything that points to transformation. And I love anything that points to continuous transformation. If we're still in this spot having the same conversation in 20 years, something's wrong. So this question you've asked, when did we begin to see ourselves differently as sexual beings? That means anybody can answer it. Anybody. Because it's sexuality and your sexual being is as human as they mm-hmm. come. Yeah. I we talk about good girls. We talk about hot girls. Now we're just talking about beings. We're talking about human beings who are also sexual beings, although it has nothing to do with having sexual activity. I love go. that. Love it. Or, love or the gays who used to gays. Define, and define it. So when it. did we begin to, or when did you all listeners and friends and guests begin to make some sort of transition between seeing yourself within your juvenile lens the voices and the messages you got growing up and what have you evolved to what shifts have you made what truths do you now tell yourself and what truths are you seeing now that you didn't see before that's how we dramatically change you shift Mm -hmm. society Mm -hmm. perception humanity love it liberation love life and truth love life and truth so until the next time until the next time this is truth be told. Oh,